0: episode of the Black Girlish podcast. This is your host Tegan and before we begin today I would like to acknowledge that we are meeting on Bidjigal Country in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Um, also wanted to do a quick shout out to Neil for my intro and outro song. Thank you so much, That's very deadly of you and here is our guest, Darby. Hi! <laughs> forgotten how to speak now, that's great. <laughs> Usually it's a bit... Um, bit scary starting off the podcast admit, yeah. we were just like yawning real strong and now I'm like mm. no I've got nothing yeah <laughs> that's it so um welcome to the podcast Thank would you like to tell me a little bit about yourself um my name is Darby Ingram I'm a Wiradjuri and Pacific Island woman my dad migrated from Fiji in the late 90s um I grew up in Griffith a small town in central New South Wales I'm originally from Narrandera, it's a little river town on the Murrumbidgee, and um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Yes, <laughs> <What daily? else? laughs> Okay. Um, so yes, uh, growing up with Griff- in Griffith was, um, I had a really nice childhood. We have a really multicultural community, given mm-hmm. where we are um, in regional New South Wales. Um, really strong, staunch Cory community. Um and yeah, I think that really facilitated how I am as a young adult. Mm. I feel empowered and probably a little too opinionated, but no, it's but we love, that. Yeah. we love that. We need we need more indigenous peoples and, you know, especially women of colour to be very opinionated. You know, it's not very often That our voices are heard, which is something that I will continue to reiterate (laughs) throughout my episodes on this podcast. Um, So yes, you grew up in Griffith. Yes. How did you um, come to live in Sydney? Um, So I graduated high school in 2015 Mm -hmm. and I I didn't do winter school, um, but I did the pre-admission schemes at UNSW. Oh my God. Are you talking about winter school at UNSW? Yeah. It's like... um, (laughs) <laughs> it's like a month-long version of winter school but yeah, oh, yeah 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 so it's pretty much to get into uni in year 12 yeah. yeah so a version of what you did but for longer <laughs> yeah I feel like it's such a small world because like you've someone Corey you, there's like some sort of crossover and experience and yeah. when I was listening to your podcast I was like oh I know what they're talking about <laughs> I love that though it's um That's so nice. You know, that's what I want out of this is for you to be able to relate in some sort of way. Yeah. 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 So I was really lucky to get into the pre-admission schemes, um, spent a month at UNSW just after my graduation and um, ended up getting accepted for um, an education course. So that sort of stream. Okay. Um, I ended up deferring in an roundabout way, so I just didn't have the savings, didn't I don't think I was ready. Like I was all of 17 at the time and really, really close to my mob, really far, like it's six hours to Sydney. So it was going to be a big move and I knew in my heart of hearts that I needed that extra year um, just to wait it out and hopefully mature in 12 months. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a bit of pressure. But, yeah, um, I ended up deferring for three years. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost my brother at the end of 2016 Um, and just like – I think that changed my mindset and my trajectory mm. a lot. So yeah, I stayed in Griffith, in that community, um, and in that love and support for an extra two years, mm-hmm. and ended up moving last year to start um, a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology Anthropology.
1: Okay. So yeah,
0: I, I think I figured out a lot more in that three years I took off, and yeah. I think everything happens in... In the right timing for any individual yeah so, yeah I totally agree with you on that I'm sorry to hear about your brother as well oh, thank you that's hard yeah. and um you know just replying to what you just said about being a 17 year old and you know putting all your eggs into one basket and uh, with university and stuff what what do you you know I guess what seventeen-year-old knows what they want to do? At. Exactly. You know what I mean. It's hard. It's such a weird setup. I, I will never understand it. And my little brother is sixteen at the end of the uh, in a month in November, and I'm like impressing that so much that like, there's no pressure. Like, yes. Take that time for yourself. Yeah. One hundred percent. I myself, I took a gap year after high school. Just had to think for a second. <laughs> yeah. After high school, I took a gap year. It was, um, you know. 13 years straight of schooling. Yeah. It's a bit hardcore and then jump in straight in the deep end with university. Definitely. Um, but how are you finding that, like your university experience as a um, woman of colour? Mm-hmm. Um, I. There's pros and cons for sure. I am so thankful to have made those connections at the pre-admission scheme. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a little bit different for me in that even though three years had passed, I had made some beautiful friendships um, and when I came to Sydney, they were waiting for me and just all engulfing and beautiful and Corey and I didn't have that growing up in Griffith, even though there's a strong community. Just contextually, I went to schools where I wasn't, I didn't see myself until like maybe senior years of high school yeah. and even then. They were corey boys, so different mm. sort of relationship, fun, but, you know, there's none of that girly time or, like, yeah. intimacy or anything. Mm-hmm. So just to come to Sydney and have, yeah, a few girlfriends that I knew um, and their love and support was amazing. When I talk about uni as an institution, I think there's not even a language, let alone a framework, for Cory youth or no. I should say First Nations youth. Yeah experiencing this like they are trapped there is great things in the pre-admission scheme in the winter school yeah you know in these faculties the entry pathways mm. and stuff, yeah. it's a good start yeah. but you know once you're in being a regional kid being so far from home grieving like away from family that's a loss that's grieving being off country which is yeah. something I was not prepared for like that's not established yet and I think Mm -hmm. we have a long way to go for yeah just fast to see ourselves in those sorts of institutions it's really scary yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. no I agree with you um as you said Mm -hmm. these institutions are most definitely um not built for us as First Nations people and uh this is also relating back to Renee's episode because she's at uni um similar you know we all share the same story there yeah um So yeah, why? one question that I do have is why did you choose the course that you did? Um, That's like, yeah, it's such a niche subject (laughs) that people really do go right there. Um, And I don't have a set answer. I think taking that time for myself and to heal in those three years, it was um, a lot of just... Trying to repurpose and refine my sense of self, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I guess we've all grieved in one way or another, and you know, a, a million questions come up. And my biggest one was finding the difference between my personal sense of self and my personality as an individual and what I do for my family and for my culture mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the decisions I made as a teenager were for my family yeah um, in the best way of course but if of that's course. sustain as an adult is another question mm-hmm. so when it comes to sociology anthropology I like studying it (laughs) that's a good (laughs) (laughs) interest yeah I don't know if I'm gonna get a job um but I enjoy going to class I like writing and a lot of it is reflective and critical thinking which I enjoy that's deadly (laughs) I'm the same. actually I feel exactly the same way yeah that's so good and that's I feel like that's another way we could change the institution is like not you know so much of the discussion is about like what your career path will be afterwards and like I have no idea. I don't think we're ever meant to know, really. No. It's um, it's you know, I have this big thing actually with uni is that I'm faking it till I make it. 100%. <laughs> 100%. And like, I'm pretty surprised though, like, even though this place is uh, challenging me in more ways than one, I'm actually doing really well. I'm like, hell yeah. Um, but it it's an interesting thing. As you said, you know, as a teenager, you did give a lot of yourself to your family but that's how our culture is absolutely you know, we're very much a collectivist culture yeah but it's so deadly to hear you say as well finding out your own individuality in all of that yeah and that's something that we all need to do in order to i guess transcend these stereotypes that everybody's putting onto us absolutely but also for our own self-care yeah and mental health and stuff that's it yeah no and then i think yeah, going from that, I think that's the way we become better moms, and, yes. for me, better aunties, and then eventually like we will be the elders. That's so it. So I think if we live a life that we're proud of and, you know, we'll establish a sense of, like, wisdom and, like, awareness that we can pass down. Because mm-hmm. I just think if I had continued on the path that I sort of found myself in, in that three years off, like, I wouldn't yeah. have been happy. Yeah, yeah, in decades to come. So yeah, yeah most definitely. Oh no, but I like do you find that you're enjoying it down here because how long have yeah. you been in Sydney now? Um, so this uh, oh, like over eighteen months. So I was on campus last year. so still quite fresh. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, I'm really like, yeah. my second year. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's half half. I yeah. don't know. I I love it here. I mm. think anyone from a regional town has this phase of adolescence where they're just like, I've got to get out. Like, I yeah. have to. Yeah. And you, like, have this sense of resentment almost, um, <laughs> yeah. which is, like, yeah, it's yeah. funny. Like, yes. Just, you grow up and you're like, no. Nah. Like, <laughs> Moving away, that's it. I'm packing up all yeah. this I'm <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now I'm 22, which is not old. I will acknowledge that. But it feels, like, so far from that girl that was just, like, anti-Griffith. Like, I love my community at yeah. home. And I'm happy to go home i think Mm. that's the best part of moving away is how much you appreciate the people that love you and like walking down the street and people knowing you and just like yeah little things that sydney can't offer unless you like this is your home yeah you know Um, yeah it is a small place i will say that like once you find your community in sydney it can feel quite small um (laughs) but yeah there's no place like home and i'm definitely here with a purpose i'm gonna upskill i'm gonna like soak up all the life mm-hmm. um for this phase yep and then i'm going home yes <laughs> and yeah. like what do you do you sort of i know we said that you know with uni and the whole career situation but do you have any idea of what you want to do like when yeah. you do go home is, yeah. is that your whole purpose with universities that you want to give back to your community definitely 100 yes. and i know that's um Kind of a go-to for Corey, Corey kids, like where are just sort of like, "I'm gonna get back," and like, it's a it. <laughs> <We're> like this really vague, vague answer of like, "I just want to take care of my people," but like I genuinely do. I know <laughs> I feel exactly the same way, and I think that's most definitely why, I'm, you know, yeah, it's the ultimate goal is it's to really get back because your community. You don't realize it until you, you know, move away from home or you you know, you get some serious personal growth and you're like, wow, my community has actually done a lot for me. It's that whole sense of belonging and, you know, we do look after one another. It's our our kinship, relationships. Like we do have this cultural obligation to one another and, you know, aunties, that's such an important role. Yeah. Like, you know, for people who are non-Indigenous listening to the podcast, (laughs) um, aunties are like the best thing you could ever have and uncles too come up we can't leave yes yeah. yeah. <laughs> got to acknowledge them too no yeah. that's so true i think i always was aware of how dependent i am on my like immediate family we're very very close and yeah. I think that's like even common knowledge like where i'm from that yeah my mom was really close but just even like i think moving away i because i started the i started the blog in griffith um mm-hmm. And always acknowledge, like, why Hill 60 was named what it was and how much I love Narandra and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah so that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you, actually, yeah. because I'm living on the South Coast and in Port Campbell there's actually, like, the Hill 60. Is that the right. same Hill 60? No, no. So, okay. This is yeah. such a weird story. This is my tea. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait. Should we okay. hold off for the yes, tea? Yeah, I okay. think we should. we'll okay. get to the name because I really want to find out more about this. But, okay. um, yeah, so naming hill 60 hill 60 yeah. um was and like acknowledging the town i came from so we are all sand hills mob and that's like on the edge of narandra by okay. the Murrumbidgee. and on the map of narandra it reads as hill 60. so okay. i didn't want to like i wanted it to be sand hills but i also had a lot of personal opinions and like not politics but you know you don't. i don't ever want to self-assign as a, like a spokesperson for a community. Especially oh, God, no, community. Yeah. So, oh God, no. Yeah, oh God, no. That's, you know, just as a disclosure as well, I think yeah, we yeah. should put out there. We do not speak for our communities. <laughs> yeah. We're just, <laughs> <there's> <laughs> most definitely our own experience. Exactly. Yes. And that was like a conscious decision of just, you know, I know in my heart that's for Narandra, but it's not explicit. So in case, because there is, there is a lot of my own opinions on there. And um, yeah, it's, a little bit of an homage but nothing too in your face mm-hmm. um the point of all of that was uh, i never really claimed like my regional upbringing so much when i started and then moving to sydney and realizing like not the loss because obviously i can go home whenever i want to yeah. take covid um but yeah I claim them so much more because it's just like I was spoiled like right. I am I know nothing but love and I know nothing but unconditional unwavering love yeah. and I think that's yeah it took me about until now to realize it's not just my family it's like it's my community it's the town I come from it's yes. yeah it's the Kori yeah. the Cory community and yeah I'm really really lucky yeah okay let's just take a little side break mm-hmm. as well I also wanted to ask because you are also Fijian I am yeah how was that growing up in Griffith how, how did you also hold on to your Fijian roots yes um so this is another reason I don't speak for communities I um the blog if you follow it and obviously it's like four years in the making now so I don't expect anyone to read it all the way back but it's definitely like an ebb and flow of mm-hmm. my identity and like as an individual you know to uh, consciously avoid, avoid culture so like mm-hmm. there's like things that are very very personal but then culture is everything to us so yeah. it has to come into play I have a very nuanced relationship with my Fijian, Fijian side so right. I have um didn't have a very good relationship with my father growing up and always lent I think Corey's always lean to their mothers regardless of whether they're mixed or not yeah I it <laughs> like, yeah I feel very much in like the Redfern Waterloo community it's very much matriarchal a hundred percent. And that's we'll, we'll gradually love from where I am. Yes. Exactly. My mothers will graduate. <laughs> same we just like, same, We run a little bit differently and it's yeah. all women. So I think even if I did have a good relationship with my father, it would have always been Corey first. Yeah. Um, right. but as an adolescent I don't think I could separate culture and my father as an individual. Right. So I sort of leapt away. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, full disclosure: I am not where I want to be with my cultural identity for either either part of yeah. my um, background, um, but especially with Fiji. So I don't speak the language. Um, I I don't know a lot of the history, and I think it was a it was a conscious decision, but like a very immature mm-hmm. decision as well. So being a young woman, it's like a learning um, yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's why I would never impress an opinion or um, judgment on anyone learning as well. Of course, um, of course. But within the community and this whole going to this idea of living in two worlds, mm. I think the reason I got so excited when you reached out is because that is like my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess as I wanted to make a statement for indigenous youth specifically, because I think, Hopefully it gets better as you get older. Yeah, but, fingers crossed. <laughs> it's only, really you know, it on. <laughs> we're only going up. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but just being young and navigating the Western world and, like, an institution like a high school where you, mm-hmm. again, don't see yourself um, in a regional town where it's not, there's a stigma, yeah. you know, with the hair texture with the color of your skin with the lunch yeah. you bring to school any of it you know yeah. um and that's just regional you know I don't want to brush it off or minimize it because obviously there's a lot of unpacking we could do there uh-huh, but, so uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah it is just a reality mm-hmm. um, I guess for now um but I just wanted to acknowledge that it's like uh First Nations youth and you're navigating the Western world but you're also navigating this idea of like in the most self-aware, least dramatic way possible, yeah. you're not really enough for anyone. Like you're not yeah. Aussie, whatever that narrative is, yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not Corey enough because uh-huh. you know. Like the first thing I get is, well, you don't really like you don't really look it. Like, oh my god, I resent. <laughs> I resent that. Well, it's um, <laughs> over the years, it gets really, really interesting, yeah. and it's um, you know it, these are important things to acknowledge and to address because so many young women of colour experience, hundred um, percent. you know, and we don't ever want to discount or, you know, to say that their stories are invalid yeah. and their experience are invalid because in a sense, it's all very much the same narrative, but just in different places. Absolutely. It's, um, but in regional towns, I imagine it can be, you know, I, I guess, A bit more yeah like it can uh it's a bit more rampant yeah i think so and like widely accepted you know like there's so much um how do i say this for everything griffith is there's so much work we could do and there's a a sense of like stagnation in Mm. acceptance and everyone is in their little pockets of the town um, and I think that's regional towns in general. I don't think yeah. Griffith is the big battle. No, we maybe. don't want to disc Griffith. Yeah, no, completely. not my home. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's definitely, you know, I look to my little brother and he is, his name is like, actually, I won't say his name, but his name is Fijian. Like, Got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's very Fijian. So um, he goes to a different high school than my siblings and I went to. And just mm-hmm. how the narrative changes given such a small community that like the school you go to affects how people look at you your yeah. name affects it you know what I mean and just like you can prescribe or they prescribe you to a certain identity and yeah my brother is like exactly the same as me like both yeah. make stress we're both yeah. you know um so yeah I think yeah I was really excited about this podcast because it's just yeah. like who else is it like yeah that's, yeah. yeah it's um it's most definitely, you know, it's that whole uh, individualist versus the collectivist, uh, and then it's the Western and then the uh, cultural. 100 And how, you know, we walk such a fine line. Like, the code switching that we do oh is amazing. I'm going to give us all, like, incredible props for that because Absolutely. it's a skill that is honed over years. Like, <laughs> it's like your wife's voice, like when you go yeah, my voice, customer service voice is the bomb. I'll tell you that much. Now. I'm so good. <laughs> and that's why there's such good communicators because we have, like, there's no choice. We have yeah. to communicate with that's everyone, that's, you yeah. know, yeah. you go to school and you're whatever they decide you are and then you shed that skin and you go home and you're what you think is yourself. But is that like a cultural prescription as well? Yeah. And, it's just, yeah, a minefield. It, <laughs> it really is. It's, um, it's a bizarre uh, thing to experience growing mm. up as a, you know, woman of colour. Yeah, for sure. And uh, especially in a country where we, you know, deem ourselves to be incredibly multicultural, mm. uh, very proud of that, apparently. It's... um <laughs> Some of us. Yeah. <laughs> it is so incredibly frustrating and exhausting, the many hats that we have to wear. Absolutely. Um, and not only that, like, it's also breaking down the stereotypes and how, you know... We can be ourselves without being all of these other things that people but it's also okay to be these things yeah as well like i'm, I'm not yeah. saying that it's a bad thing there's no good or bad in it but it's the struggle of figuring out who you are yeah is the hardest thing exactly while having both you know no i completely yeah. agree completely agree Yes. Okay, so more about your blog, (laughs) Hill 60. Yes. Yes. So I must say that I'm very impressed. I love your entire aesthetic that you have on there. Thank you. The blogs too. If you haven't checked her out already, it's at Hill 60 blog. Uh, Made now. Oh, Hill 60 made. I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But it's um,
0: really, really deadly. Um, So, yeah, tell us a bit more about that. So what was the purpose behind it? I know you said a bit about – you Know uh, self discovery, yeah, and identity, um, yeah. Um, I first started in 2016, mm-hmm. um, it was my gap year, my only gap year at that time. I was like, <laughs> This is just 12 months down, we get through it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's like, I just want to stay stimulated, I enjoy writing, and yeah, I think it was a way to express myself. Um, beyond what I was doing already. So, like, I am like crafty, you know? Like, yes. I'm one of those people yeah, that are just like that. constantly try. I'm like a jack of all trades in that they're awful crafts. But, that's great, though. But, like, I love yeah. that. I <laughs> think that's something that we most <laughs> definitely love to nurture yeah. as Indigenous peoples, as women of colour. It's such a good outlet. Yeah. We're all very creative and, um, you know, arty. Yeah. In some sort of way. Right? So, as a teenager, it like it was dressing different or whatever you know and i just wanted something that i guess i could look back on i'm a big mm-hmm. journaler so i started wrote a couple of blog posts um i think the first thing was about dating so it was very bad. I love, yeah i it love that really? it was like identity driven back yeah. then it was just sort of like yeah, the, f- the first thing I ever wrote was, like, why do we, like, only message? Like, why are we not courting? <laughs> like, I want to be asked on a date. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, so that was my first blog post. And then, um, obviously, three years eventuated. Yeah. So I had a lot more to write about. But, um, yeah, in, in that three years, I lost my brother. I... Yeah went through a multitude of jobs like really crappy jobs so plenty to write about there met plenty of people um I started my first long-term relationship so that was all like yeah no privacy yeah no that's fine (laughs) (laughs) you know we love the blogs that are raw and um you know yeah that's definitely not started we know every detail about (laughs) your life right I feel like people Uh know me before I'm introduced they're very like oh like this happened yeah okay and then right. you get like the random comments like oh my god you're doing amazingly and you're like thank you random citizen and yeah like, I love that it's so like, hard It never gets old that honestly yeah. it's like I think I'm always sending out gratitude and like thank yous etc because like <laughs> I just yeah it will never get old to me yeah. this has been a long time in the running and I'm still that it's but it's just so, so great. great as well yeah. and I think as well like with blogging because I also used to yeah, have a blog. So, so yeah when, I, when I lived overseas in Norway I had a blog to help me cope with living away from country literally mm-hmm. um and uh, it's uh what is that it's just so nice when you get like the random comments and yeah. stuff but the blogging in itself is so cathartic oh my god yes. and but I have to say, like, your um, your writing gets better over time and the aesthetic of the blog as well. And, yeah, and then you start to introduce vlogs, which yes. I see that you have on yeah. your Instagram. Mm. So, like, with the blogging, is it like a bit... I really like the way that you cut the videos. Thank you. And the music. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> I listen to that music, by the way. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I got <laughs> the same. girl, we're like same, same. I'm day. really happy with this. Yeah. Um, but... Like how do you find doing the, the vlogs, like yeah. being behind the camera as well as like hearing yourself? Like I know you being on the podcast now, like is it a bit weird? Yeah, to 100%. Like this is all new and I think um, saying yes to the podcast, finally starting a vlog, um, finally monetizing all of those things were just like it came from proving to myself that I could be in Sydney, that I could stand in an institution and hold my own. And then I was like, well, like, well, where do we draw the line here? Like, yeah. What else can I do? And what else excites me and stimulates me? So, that's so yeah, that's, I like, it's so lovely to hear that. Despite it all, you're doing it. Yeah. You are like, you are sort of in a way like the piece of resistance. Oh, you know gosh. what I mean? I like, don't no, but me, no. wife, yeah. yeah. You know, being away from home like that is challenging. Yeah, being at uni. Uni is not easy, by the way, for anybody. No, I think everybody who goes to uni, whether you're non-indigenous, you're you're not a woman of colour, it's incredibly hard. Absolutely. it's challenging. Um, in a good way, but also in a bad way. Yeah, but you're doing it all, <laughs> and that's so deadly. It's so heartwarming when sister girls are like, "Yeah, I'm making it," even though when it, you know, even though everything is, you know designed for me to fail yeah well essentially yeah 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 but um okay um what What else too oh yes one thing actually thank you also to all of the listeners and the listeners on the on on my instagram who are engaging with my polls and asking questions so Haley, one of my listeners Mm -hmm. she has you know she's wanting to know how Do you, well, like us as Indigenous women, women of colour, how do you navigate, um, you know, the experience of trauma in your life? Like this could also be like generational trauma, obviously, you know, with your brother and the loss, being away from community. How do you navigate that um, while also you're maintaining relationships with family members it could also be, um, sorry, no, let okay. me explain this partly. So it could be, you know, um, family members who are struggling with drug, alcohol addiction or some form of mental health. Um, how do you keep your safe in all yourself safe in all of this? And how do you navigate having those relationships as well as living your own life? Okay. Um, cool. I know, right? <laughs> cool question. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is probably one of the, like, biggest things in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the unlearning each generation has to do is so incredibly hard. And, again, you don't mm-hmm. have the language for it. It's not in a prenatal class. Like, there's yeah. no warning. Um I think... When it comes, I'll answer in multiple parts. So yeah. with generational trauma, I would say my current experience with that is I'm trying to differentiate between what I deem as success and excellence and what is a Western view of mm-hmm. excellence. Yeah. Um, I think, like, my, my mother and my grandmother are incredibly hard workers. My sisters are hard workers um, the Carol side of my family have always impressed education and working hard and holding down jobs and doing things as well as or better than your counterparts. Um, right. And it's like staunch, <laughs> um, which has been always so amazing and it's so motivating for me. Mm-hmm. But I think the older I get and the more I consider, you know, not in the near future or anything, but when I'm. Going to start a family when I, or yeah. even with my nieces. I have yeah. so many nieces. Um, <laughs> and I want to teach them that, like, excellence is how do I word this? Like, I've always been academic, mm-hmm. you know, and I've moved here and I'm doing well, you know, by someone's standards. Yeah. Somehow I'm doing well and I'm getting congratulated on it and i love that and i know i deserve that mm-hmm. i work hard in everything that i do and i want to be proud of the things that i put out into the universe but i don't think that that is the end-all and be-all of success to me as an individual right. so i try not to like look for that validation and also i try not to like have a hierarchy of validation of like my high distinction at uni is more important than me calling my nan every day or like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want to be a good granddaughter. I want to be a good auntie. I just, that's me and, and generational trauma right now because I think the way my family have held that other than um, I think a blanket mistrust of institutions and that sort of stuff, which I don't have the answers for at all. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to work through that. Don't know how my daughters will work through that. Yeah. Um, but what I can work on is how, my worldview and how, and acknowledging that my mother's worldview was I- influenced by my nan's worldview, which was, yeah. you know, like it's. I have to sort of have a grasp on what I think as well. Yes. Um, and then with trauma, yeah, I, I really. You put that in one of the messages before we met up, and I really wanted to take the opportunity to just acknowledge. <laughs> what grassroots and regional communities are going through at the moment mm. and how that is one of my biggest reasons to go home and do the work, whatever yeah. that turns out to be. And, you know, losing my brother in 2016 was to suicide and mm. mental health issues. Um, and I think addressing that trauma as an individual and doing the work for me, I've also split it into two and it's like there's a mindset that comes with grassroots towns and mm-hmm. a mindset that comes with being in regional communities and there's a inexplicit message sent to us that you can't necessarily get out of your circumstance. And I think I felt that multiple times throughout mm-hmm. my life and I haven't felt that while I've been working on me and what I'm right. doing. So I think it was in high school and your, I don't know, your careers advisor is telling you you're not going to uni, or yeah. you're um, in your third gap year, and a waitress at the <laughs> local club, and you're just like, I don't, I can't leave. Like, I can't leave. Got enough here. There's no way I'm getting out of this town. Yeah. And with that, as well as the lack of services, as well as the lack of dialogue, openness considering the stigma considering stereotypes for genders for for cultures there's just this trauma that we're all experiencing right now in grassroots communities of the impact of mental health yeah and it's like you know you talked about collective upbringing and collective Mm -hmm. approach to our community I think we could all adopt that because it's not just people of color that we're losing and it's not you know like I just think that's when we have grandchildren, we're going to refer to this time as a traumatic time for us, given the people that we've lost oh, yes. and like yeah, how much yeah. work hasn't been done in regards to mental health and the dialogue around it. Mm. So, I yeah, I think maybe a generational trauma in the making in that this is work that needs to be addressed now, or we're not going to be happy with the outcomes I'm already not happy with the outcomes but yeah yeah. it's you know especially with generational trauma these things are not going to be solved over you know 20 years absolutely most definitely generations down the track exactly it's um something that is that is in a way it's like a plague upon our communities definitely and um you know us as individuals as well how you know because as you said you don't know your language your Fijian language yeah you also do you do you know your Wiradjuri no so that's I'm literally well. learning it right yeah now. yeah yeah so it's um like that the loss of language like the missing link yeah it's um it has serious effects on everybody but it's just how you know that's the thing that's that we need to be mindful of is how do we hold on to ourselves while learning these things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think like working past the shame and the guilt of not knowing those Mm. things as well, because it's like, you know, you're in high school and you're embarrassed of the lunch you bring or the parents that pick you up. And then you're in your twenties and you're embarrassed that you were embarrassed and it's just like yeah you need to forgive yourself at some point because yeah. you have to do the work and it yeah. takes energy and it takes time and then you have to clear the space for that you know it's mm-hmm. like holding down a job just like hypothetical just anyone in general holding down a job doing a degree and then doing this sort of work for yourself is mm-hmm. incredibly consuming and we need to acknowledge that that's that is work the yep. work you do on yourself is just as important as What capitalism capitalism deems important, what institutions like university deem important, yeah. If not more, yeah. That's that's a really lovely message and reminder to people out there that we do, you know, the self work is real, yeah, and it's valid, absolutely. Especially for Indigenous peoples and you know people of Mm colour, it's something actually that Stella and I spoke about is that, you know. This knowledge that we hold as women of color and indigenous peoples, nobody can tell us that that's wrong. No, they cannot. You know, it's um, and that's special. That's so special. It, is. it truly is. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I hope that answers your question. Kayleigh, yeah, no, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> yes, that was a really deadly question. <laughs> um. So now we're gonna come into the segment of what's the tea with tea <laughs> Okay, so yes. um, just to, to people that are listening, I only found out about this before we started <laughs> recording um, and I just thought of it during the podcast. But my tea is I named Hill 60 after my community okay. and then I was down away in their, yeah. like, suburban museum. I don't know what to call it. Like, it was it's a museum. museum yeah, way. like, you know, um, you know that red building in the middle of the – I don't know what to call it, but, like, you know where the boat shed is? Yeah. And then the red building on the hill across from it? There's, like, a museum in that. Really? Yeah. So oh, my God. Okay. My cousin and my partner and I went in one day. We were just, like, exploring LAPA And we went in, and they had their own Hill 60. And then I was, like, given the history of LAPA, like, we all know that black fellows were out there. And I did, like, a half a Google at that point. And so I've come to terms with the fact that, like, Hill sixty doesn't represent a radio, It represents like where blackfellas are on a town map or on a suburb map, which is actually kind is of that cool. in general. Yeah, yeah. well, because like, you said Port Kembla way. Right? Yeah, okay. Because I live, I live down the south coast. Yeah, and um, in Port Kembla, they actually have a hill sixty. Right. It's um, it's like a little reserve or something, and oh. it's got a beautiful like um, what is it like lookout to okay. the ocean, and you can see the five islands down. Um. <laughs> near port kembla and i was like hill 60 is that up to port kembla <laughs> but okay yeah it's yeah. interesting so i don't yeah it's not an actual fact but every like i've been finding little hill 60s everywhere and it seems to be in the vicinity of community so really yeah oh that's really cool yeah so it actually means a lot more to more people but it's also super personal because yeah 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 that's deadly Mm, that's my tea (laughs) i love it thank you for the tea (laughs) that's some good tea (laughs) i think we've pretty much covered everything what do awesome. you say? Yes. yes, I think <laughs> this most definitely concludes our episode. I just wanted to thank you for agreeing to be a part of this project and thank you so much for having me I and sharing so your fun. story. It's such a special story too, you know. <laughs> thank you. I'm sure there are a lot of women out there who can most definitely relate mm. to your story. Yes, and it's important that we get this out there exactly. And let's like, connect. Let's all. Connect. Yes, and. Um, <laughs> So, yes, thank you, Darby. No worries. Uh, thank you. Sit down and yeah. to know you. <laughs> um, so, yes, make sure that you give Darby a follow on Instagram. That is Hill60Made. Um, that is also a blog. Yes, yes. And uh, she's making really cool tote, tote bags and affirmation cards. Thank uh, you. Get on to it. Super cute. Love it. Um, so yes, that concludes our episode. Um, make sure you're following me on my Instagram and Twitter pages and, uh, yeah, thanks guys.